Welcome to Inside the Pages, presented by the Cornerstone of Grace, located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. Sunday praise and worship begins at 9 a.m., Wednesday Bible study, 7 p.m. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we're faithful, we're bold, we believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. Again, I want to thank you for joining our online service. If you're looking for a church home, growth and ministry, I want to invite you to join us, grow with us, and be blessed with us. At this time, we're going to go before the Lord in a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we thank you for your goodness and grace. We thank you, Lord God, for your mercy, your kindness for allowing us to gather together in this place. This place has been consecrated and dedicated for your service. Lord God, we pray and ask that you would bless us, Lord Jesus, to, uh, to meet your expectations, not the expectations of people, your expectations. Lord God, your expectations are what matter. What you have to say is what matters. What you want to do is what matters. Lord, I pray and ask that you would bless those that are tuning in this morning, those that will be listening later. Lord God, I thank you for each individual that has taken the, the, taken the time and this opportunity, Lord God, as you have given unto us. Lord, I pray and ask that you would bless them in the name of Jesus. You know the need of each individual Lord God, as it lines up with your will, ask that you would bring it to pass accordingly. Lord God, thank you. Thank you for your kindness and consideration. Lord Jesus, I pray and ask that you would bless your word as it goes forth to be received. Lord Jesus, to be acted upon. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Lord Jesus, thank you. Lord God, bless, Lord. Send your anointing which destroys the yoke. Lord God, have your way, Lord. Lord, in the service here, in the service afar, wherever they are gathering together in your name. Lord God, I ask that you would bless them. Lord Jesus, bless your word to go forth. Lord, help your people, Lord. Help them to receive and understand your word. Lord God, help them, Lord God, as they, as those that are obedient, move forward to do your will. Lord God, we thank you, Lord. Bless you, Lord Jesus. Lord God, I ask that you remember those that are sick in their body. They would be in service if there was no sickness. Lord God, those that are, don't have the freedom to move about, but they would be in service if they had it. I ask that you would bless them. Lord God, I thank you for them. I thank you, Lord God, for each one that is, uh, that is being prayerful. Those that are being obedient to your will. Lord God, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, those that are tearing for the Holy Ghost, ask that you would fill them. Not only them, Lord, but fill us again. Fill me again, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Ah, glory to your name, Savior. Lord, we bless you, Lord God. Lord, and we don't take this opportunity for granted. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God, for your kindness. Thank you for your mercy, Lord God. Lord Jesus, the things that we understand, the things we don't understand. Lord, the pain. Lord Jesus, the joy. We thank you, Lord God, for each instrument of learning. Lord, and appreciate you, Lord God. Appreciate you for who you are. Appreciate you for what you have done and that which you are going to do. Well, I ask these blessings in the name of Jesus. Lord God, carry us further, Lord. Help us, Lord God, so that you're magnified, that you be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Bless your name, Savior. Bless you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Mighty God. Mighty God. At this time, thank you, Lord. We're going to have our opening scripture. We're not going to prolong service in any kind of way, but just, just want God to know how much 
we appreciate him. You ought to let him know how much you appreciate him. Can't nobody do that for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Open the scripture. Psalms 150 says, Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in the sanctuary. Praise him in the ferment of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sounds of the trumpet. Praise him with the sorcery and harp. Praise him with the timbre and dance. Praise him with the stringed instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Acts 2, 46 and 47. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. Did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church they such as should be saved. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word. May the Lord add a blessing to the hearing and the reading of his word. Mighty God, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Bless your name, Jesus. God is so good. And he's good to all of us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Bless you, Jesus. Mighty God. Mighty God. Bless you, Lord. Thank you, Savior. Thank you, Lord. Well, let's direct our attentions to the book of Mark. It is the book of Mark. And the first chapter. Now, we talked about the chapter one. This is where we've been in Mark. And so... In the book of Mark, uh, just plowing through this particular field for understanding, for clarity, for encouragement, for knowledge, for whatever God has that he wants to give. It's important that you receive what God has for you. And it's through his word. It's through his word. Now, many are focused on a number of things. I, I had a number of thoughts running through my mind as I was uh, coming in uh, into service this morning. But let's look at Acts, excuse me, uh, Mark, the first chapter, um, verse 8. Let's start with verse 8 there. The Bible says here, it says, I indeed have baptized you with water. But he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Some people say Holy Spirit. Some refer to the Spirit as the wind, as nature. I've heard that as well. But he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. And it shall come to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John in the Jordan. And straightway coming out of the water, he saw the heavens open and the spirit like a dove descending upon him. And there came a voice from heaven saying, thou art my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. I want to hear the Lord say, I am pleased. 
I want to hear him say good and faithful servant. I want to hear him say well done. And I'm going to hear it before I get into his presence. I don't want to take a chance and assume anything. I want to know right now where I stand with God. And there's nothing wrong with that. You should desire the same. You, you want to know where you stand on your job. You want to know if they're pleased with you. It's nice to hear words of encouragement. It's nice to hear that you've done, or maybe if you haven't come up to what needs to be met, that you need to know that so that you can, so that there's no plotting behind your back to let you go. I just want to talk about being that warm and fuzzy feeling. People like to feel warm and fuzzy, but warm and fuzzy won't save you. It won't save you. Matter of fact, even the bigger question is, have you received since you believed it? Have you received since you have believed? John says, I need have baptized you with water. Now there are those even today that don't believe baptism is necessary. Jesus was baptized. Are you greater than the Lord? And that's the minimal as that I'm gonna say about that in the moment. But he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Have you been baptized with the Holy Ghost? And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John and Jordan. Now I know they some well Jesus was baptized in that now first of all Jesus didn't have no sin. He didn't have no reason to be baptized. And, and I know the scripture says to fulfill all righteousness. So if, if the scripture says, identifies that he did it for a particular, don't you want to be like your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Those that are, that say I'm Christian, those that say I'm a believer, I just want to know, you, are you a practicing Christian? Because that's what separates people because when they were called Christian is because they saw attributes, they saw characteristics that reminded them of. If you say I'm a believer, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth and take action. Are you a practicing believer? Are you a practicing Christian? Are you a saint? Sainthood is not part of Catholicism where you have to have a miracle in order to be considered a saint. That is not the Bible. God refers to his people as saints all the way throughout the, the Old Testament. We read about the saints being gathered together, even through the New Testament. But there's something about cleaving to that word that a man has used to describe the individuals. When God, what did God say? Can you go back to what God has to say about the situation? He didn't co-sign that term Christian. He didn't co-sign it. You, you won't find that anywhere. What he did say is that we're saints. And people used to sing the song about when the saints go marching in. I, I want to be in that number. Well, in order to be in that number, are you going to have to follow what we're talking about here in Mark, the first chapter? And we're only in the first chapter. And that is John came preaching repentance, baptizing, ushering in a way for people to receive and telling them about uh, the one that would come that is greater, greater than you and I, that will baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Now, for those that say they have the Holy Ghost, my question is, when was the last time the Holy Ghost spanked out? 
When was the last time you were used by the Holy Ghost? When the Holy Ghost was in action, the Holy Ghost is still in action. I mean, let me rephrase what I was about to say. The Holy Ghost took action and Mary conceived. That's where I wanted to go with that. When the Holy Ghost is active in your life, something happens. It's more than just a warm and fuzzy feeling. The Bible says that in it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized with John in the Jordan and straightway coming out of the water. He saw the heavens open. It was an open vision. And the spirit like, not a, but like a dove. It was not a dove. It looked like the image that came down, floated down, like descended like a dove. And there came a voice from heaven saying, thou art my beloved son. This was a validation to everyone that heard it in whom I am well pleased. God knows how to validate you. And you want God's validation. Now, many times we look for the value of others and and there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. You need validation. Your mom, your dad, dads should validate their daughters and their beauty and their womanhood and so that no one else comes along and tell them that you look good for the first time and they fall apart and now you have five grandkids. No one should validate your son's manhood. You should be validating that. So he know who he is and respect who he is and don't allow others to use him for their purpose. Uh, validation is good. Uh, we need validation. We need validation, as I mentioned, on the job. There's nothing wrong with that. It's important to, to be validated, to have someone to tell you. And God knows that. Well, as if you've been following with us in the book of Genesis, Throughout Abram's life, from the time that he left the land of the Chaldeans and went out as God had instructed him, uh, God was constantly validating him, letting him know I'm here and you're going to blow up one day. You know, and I, I'm paraphrasing it. You can go back and read it for yourself from the 11th chapter through when, when about the 19th uh, chapter. But God validated, well, you're going to blow up one day. Just, just hang in there. And that's what we need. We you have to hang in there until you until God's timing. Abraham was ninety nine years old, and God spoke to him and said, "It's time to stop the shenanigans. It's time to stop. Walk before me and be perfect." So that that's twenty four years that have went by from the time, and through all that time, God was validating him, and finally, He's telling him, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna." Turn back the hands of time. And, and you and Sarah are going to do the do and you're going to have a child. All right. The Bible tell us, and I thank God because he won't let us, he won't leave us hanging. He'll let you know where you stand. First uh, John 3, 20 and 3, 20 says, for if our hearts, if our hearts, your own heart, your heart condemns us. And I'm not talking about anyone telling you your own heart. There are things that we have done that after you did it, you felt bad. Your own heart was condemning you. You knew the principles, the moral, the ethics and different things that you had learned. And, and so now you're struggling with it. The Bible said, for if our own heart condemn us, God is greater then our own heart and knoweth all things. So God, even though the secret things, sometimes we, we say, oh, well, I've let something go, but we have some little things that we didn't let go of that we have to completely let go. We have to completely turn it loose. He knoweth all things. You want God to look at you and 
And when he searched, because he knows all things, that there's nothing for him to know that has not already been exposed and dealt with. Beloved, if our own heart condemn us not, then we have confidence toward God. Now, when we talk about this, when I mention this, I'm not talking about you being right now in this moment, you're perfect. You know, people like to say, well, you're not perfect. Uh, no, none of us are perfect. Come on now. We know that. You don't have to reiterate that. We know that. But there are some areas in your life that you can be perfect in. There are some areas and practices that you have no problem with. If you are good in that area. How about being good for Christ? The effort is less. We get up and we go to work. Service starts at nine o'clock. We wander in at 9.30, quarter till, or not at all. But when it comes to our jobs, we don't miss that. We're there to work on time, no excuses. We race to get there, half dressed, fully dressed, partially makeup, partially not, hair comb, not comb. We get there, we get there and we do the job. And we tell God, I cannot do the job. Nope, what? <laughs> Being service on time, are you crazy? Man, this is, no, uh-uh. You might as well say that because that's what you're acting out. What, getting service and, and participate in a service? Saying what, what? Play a tambourine, hit a drum, uh, wave my hand without being told to wave my hand. Man, are you insane? Really? You want me to clap my hands to, to, to help the drum? What? Can I just sit in the service and just listen? No, go watch Indiana Jones. Go to the movies and do that. But even then, you're not going to sit with, um, with no... Um, excitement, you're not going to sit there, unless the movie's boring, but you're not going to sit there and just observe the screen actionless. You're going to sigh. You're going to do something if the movie is good. But with God, <laughs> see ya. Listen. And whatsoever we ask of him, we receive of him. Because we keep his commandments. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me go back here. John said, whatever I ask of him, and I know some of y'all is asking God for some things. And you're being told, just have faith and you'll get it. Well, let me just touch this here. Yeah, I was reminded of something. My... Uh, grandson, he looked, LG, he looked at my wallet and how old it is. It's not tattered, but it's old. He's like, why do you still carry this old wallet? He don't know that there's something about this old wallet I carry. And I, and I take care of it. I don't toss it around or anything like that. He just said it's not as new. It's not the latest and greatest. But there's something about that wallet. That in a in a service minister that I knew, and I knew those that was blessed under that ministry, uh, that has confidence in God, that they ask of God, and they have received of God, and they have kept the commandments of the Lord when others would not take a strong stand. I asked them to. When I looked at their people, as a young man, I looked at their the congregation. I looked at some of the people I knew and how blessed they were. And I asked them to bless me. They said, why, why are you handing me this? I said, can you just pray over it? I'm, yeah, this is a testimony. And do you know that that piece of leather has never been empty unless I empty it out, but it keeps refilling? 
if you, whatsoever we ask, we receive of him and because we keep his commandments. Now there's something about keeping the commandments of God that, uh, that, that you need to understand. First of all, God knows you. God knows you. I feel the power of God right now. Thank you, Lord. God knows you. Now, when God was going, God and the two servants that was with him, the two angels, they met with they, God manifested himself. The angels were manifested. Thank you, Jesus. And they went over to where Abram was. His name now Abraham. Abraham goes and get a lamb and they, they queue it up. They make some hot cakes or whatever you want to call it. And, uh, you know, right in front of the, the, the oven is a cement slab. And they, they threw down and made some bread and they had some milk and butter. And, um, and they got down with it. God got down with it. Yes. You know, I don't know if it was finger looking good or good, but they got down with it. They ate. And as they left, God said to those that are with him, are we, we're going to continue on or are we going to, um, you know what? I should let Abram know, Abraham know what's about to transpire because I know he will command his family, his children, and his household after me. He's going to command them to keep my commandments. So when we when we look at that scripture verse that said, because we keep his commandments, you, you need to think about the fact God knows that you will keep his commandments moving forward. He knows that. And do those things that are pleasing in his sight. So when you ask God for something, I'm not saying go to God and say, Lord, give me. And if you give it to me, I'm going to do this. No, do not make that vow. Why don't you just do it? Because it's right to do. Because you do well, then you will be blessed. That's what the Lord told, told, uh, Cain, if you do well, you're going to be received. But if you don't do well, then sin lies at your door. You don't have to make a vow to be blessed. Do what is right because the prophecy of the word already speaks a blessing upon you. Those things which are pleasing in sight. And this is his commandment that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ. We should believe on the name of his son. Not the name of whatever crossed your mind. Not the name of whatever you put on that line. Whatever you penciled in on that dotted, no. Whatever you put on after the cult, no. That you should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ. But it doesn't stop there. He says, and love one another. And he gave us commandment. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him. And he in him. And whereby we know that we abideth, that he abideth in us by the spirit which he have given us. Talking about the Holy Ghost. Now, the Oxford Dictionary identifies osmosis as being the practice of gradual or unconscious or unconscious uh, assimilation of an ideal. That's what it that's what it says. That's what it that's what it's telling us here. Uh, but it, it's it's more than that. Now, the enemy is really playing with this item that I have in front of me.
Now I'm using a, a, a piece of equipment here and it has stopped working. But what has not stopped working is the Holy Ghost. Osmosis means that it has been assimilated. You know, through the means of, of maybe you lay down at night, you just lay down and go to sleep and all of a sudden, you know, you woke up the next morning and your, your IQ has risen. No, it is not through unconscious effort, but there is a conscious effort in which the spirit of God moves. It is a conscious effort in which you are aware of the word of God. You are aware of what God wants and you are making a conscious effort to do his will. You're pressing to do his will. You're not allowing your own emotions. You're not allowing others to influence you not to do the will of God. There's a conscious awareness of what needs to be done. There is awareness. The process of taking in and fully understanding God's word requires our awareness. Information or ideals for kingdom living is done with consciousness, not unconsciousness. Now understand something, this is, uh, this is a gradual process, but it is a process that you have to show tenacity. You have to stick with it. It is not a sprint. Well, we get saved one day, we get baptized and, and we ready to run on and, you know, and as they've done with celebrities, they, you know, with so-and-so now celebrity uh, is now saying he's a Christian. We're going to invite him to evangelize and to invite her to evangelize and sing at, 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 in the services. They have not even been settled in the Lord. They have yet to be taught what it means to be saved, sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, I got a warm and fuzzy feeling. I feel good. That is not the Holy Ghost. No. Listen, that's the, there's more in that than what I just stated. It's not a sprint. I want to stay there on the focus. It's not a, but it's a marathon. And it's run with consciousness. The Apostle Paul instructs his prodigy, Timothy, brother Timothy, brother Timothy, what did Paul have to say? This is what Paul said. He said, holding the mystery of the faith in a pure conscious. I'm aware of it. Therefore, I'm making, I'm making a well-informed decision. He says, let these also being first proved. Paul tells Timothy, allow the people to be proven. Let them prove that they believe. Let them prove that they sincere and they walk with Christ. Before you start promoting them and putting them up to draw numbers. Then let them, he goes and say, then let them use the office of a deacon though. And I'm going to not just the office of a deacon, but any service level. Any form of ministry in the church. Being found blameless, blameless, being found blameless. It takes time to become, to be found blameless. Uh, we didn't come out the womb speaking in tongues. We didn't come out the womb filled with the Holy Ghost. You only read about uh, five people that happened to, am I right, five? The, the, hold your hands up. Hold your hands up if I, hold your hands up if I'm, if, if, if I'm correct here, or hold your hands up with, with the number of, I'm, listen, it was not five. And those that it was, it, we were not one of them. John, who we've been talking about. Okay. And Christ, who dwells the God, the, the, the fullness of the Godhead bodily. 
Listen. Even so must their wives be grave, not slanderous, sober, faithful in all things. We're not, we're not talking about those women today, but they need the Holy Ghost too. As everyone else does. John reiterates this important message. I indeed have baptized you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. By now, if you if you haven't heard of the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit, as some use, you should be asking everyone about this. If you go to a church and they say the Holy Spirit is not necessary, well, the Holy Ghost is not. Oh, you already have the Holy Spirit because um, when you when you committed your life to Christ, you received the Holy Spirit. That's not Bible. That's not Bible. You won't find that anywhere in the scriptures, nowhere. Now, being led of God, the goodness of God leads us to repentance. That's a leading. The indwelling of the Holy Ghost is different from being led. God has led others that never committed them lives to, their lives to Christ to act and to do things that he needed to be done, that he wanted done. But when we talk about the Holy Ghost, we're talking about your soul salvation. And you need to take this and understand this. For those that say you don't need it, that was for that day and time. And I know that's a major argument among many, many that will be lost because when the trumpet shall sound and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and then we which are alive are called up to meet him, it's going to be done through the Holy Ghost. Transformation is through the Holy Ghost. Listen, Acts 19, I want to be like Paul. I want to be like Paul. So many have said that. But let's see what Paul has to say. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul having passed through the upper coast came to Ephesus and found certain disciples. So they were followers of the word of God. They were followers of Christ. He said unto them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? I'm asking you the same question. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, we have not so much as heard even there be any Holy Ghost. We, we don't know nothing about no Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, he asked a particular question again. He said unto them, unto what baptism were you baptized? And they said unto John's baptism. Baptism of repentance for remission of sin. That's what John baptized them. Then said Paul, John verily baptized the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people, he told the people, that there should be uh, believe on one which came after him. That is on Christ Jesus, the anointed one, the Savior. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So those that say, uh, you must baptize in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. You need to understand that the disciples understood what Jesus meant. That remission of sin should be preached in his name and baptism in his name. And that's what they went forth to do. You don't find anyone ever being baptized under the titles, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. You find them baptized in Jesus' name throughout the scriptures. Even when they passed through the Red Sea, Paul said that they were all baptized unto him. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, he didn't take them in the back room. He didn't stand at the altar with them and, and tell them to say thank you, Jesus, a hundred times as fast as they can or to speak in Latin or anything like that. No, that's not the Holy Ghost. He laid hands on them. And they were baptized. The Bible said he laid hands on them. The Holy Ghost came upon them. And they spake with tongues and prophesied. There is a demonstrative. There is more to just 
saying, I feel warm and fuzzy. I have the spirit of God because I feel so good right now. I have a slight tingling. Did your foot go to sleep? Maybe, maybe your leg is asleep or something. You know, that causes a tingling effect. I'm not being sarcastic. I'm just saying you need to stop and think about this and what the word of God says. And they spake with tongues. Every place we read, there was a demonstrative. There was a showing of God's power. And all the men were about 12 and they were, went into the synagogue and spake boldly in the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. Having, expressing, this is what warm and fuzzy mean. Warm and fuzzy mean a good feeling. It means having or expressing or producing feelings of tenderness, love, or affection. Cuddling is a good feeling. If you, if you couples, couples cuddle, a couple spoon, uh, and that, that's a good feeling when you're married. A sense of, it provides a sense of security in the moment. But it don't last. It may not last all day. There's a good remembrance of it. You know, you may do it again later. But we're not going to go into all of that. Attending a birth and holding a newborn make you feel good. Might make you want to have a child if you don't have one. Might make you want to have another one if you already have a couple. And that's something to discuss with your spouse. That, But it leaves you feeling good. Burrito wrapping an infant makes them feel good. Makes them feel warm and fuzzy. But that's not enough because eventually they're going to become hungry. Even though you burrito wrap them, their little diaper going to get wet, spoiled, soiled, and they're going to get hungry. And as we get deal with life experiences, we're going to get hungry too. The Bible tells us in Matthew 5 and 6, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. You ought to tell the Lord, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Lord, I'm hungry. I'm thirsty for your righteousness. You know it when you're tired of being tired of the same old, same old. You, that's, that's a sign. You know, like you... You get hungry. Your stomach lets you know you feel hungry. Your body starts telling you you're hungry or telling you you're thirsty. Well, your spirit will tell you that I'm tired of the same old, same old. Your spirit, man, is saying, I want change. I, I'm, feed me. The question then becomes, how do I get, how do I change? How do I invoke change? Change, another way of saying repentance. That is what John the Baptist was telling the people change repent now john was the john the baptist was the son of zachariah elizabeth as you already know and he had the holy ghost which was given to him when he met mary mary was impregnated by jesus father who was jesus father the scripture luke says it was the holy ghost That's who Jesus' father was, the Holy Ghost. So that would make the Holy Ghost God. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory as the only begotten son of the father. Now, is any is God, is it impossible for God to, we, we've read in the scriptures we, that God manifested, went down to meet Abraham, met him more than once, ate food with him, but yet he cannot make a body and get in it, inhabit that body. And we see that body as the son, the sacrificial lamb for the world. Is it impossible for God to do that? Because the Bible tells me that there's nothing too hard for God. There's no impossible. Well, let's go on here. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb. It was a demonstrative act. Even though the baby was in the womb, the baby leaped. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost too. 
all because Jesus was inside of Mary. This is why Paul was able to lay hands on. Because he was Holy Ghost filled. He was Holy Ghost filled. Now, you're in the book of Acts. You should see that in his conversion. Paul was baptized in Jesus name and filled with the Holy Ghost as well. Again, this is a demonstrative display, not a warm and fuzzy feeling that won't save you. A warm and fuzzy feeling not going to save you. Isaiah 28, 10, it says, for precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept and line upon line, line upon line. For here little and there little. For with stammering lips at another time will he speak to his people. Don't you know that the Holy Ghost, now there are times that the Lord move up on someone and they begin speaking in tongues. And I'm not talking about wrecking the service either. I'm not talking about them speaking in tongues and that has taken over the entire service. Praise and worship can't go on because God's dealing with that individual. Well, God knows how to deal with the individual without disrupting the entire service of others. Uh, listen, listen. <laughs> so it is demonstrative. And even though it may be controversial to others, I'm sorry, and I'm not apologizing for what I'm about to say. I'm sorry that they don't get it. Now, this has been controversial among many, but to those many have other eye issues as well. That's why it's such a problem with them. They have issues that are undealt with. You cannot apply your own knowledge, your own logic to this. You can't, what you learn in, in a, a theological seminary or any, no, you can't apply it there because they're not teaching it. It's rare. First Corinthians, the first chapter said, because the foolishness of God is wiser than man and the weakness of God is stronger than man. For we see your calling, brethren, how that many wise men after the flesh, not mighty men, not many noble are called. Theological centers pick up people, hire them fresh out of colleges to come and be a young minister in a church and to teach on some. I heard the testimony of one minister of that, that he was brought in out of college at age 25, being the first minister of his type at one of the largest congregational churches in Pasadena, California. For a particular reason, and when it came down to talking about the spirit of God and the Holy Ghost and speaking in other tongues, the senior pastor who had no experience in that area said, I'm going to leave that up to you, young man, to handle that. It's not based upon theologic. It's not based upon your education. It's based upon what God has to say. You need to get in the word of God. 27 verse says, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confine the things of the mighty. And, and base things of the world, things which are despised. God has chosen, yea, the things which are not to bring to naught those things that are are that no flesh should glory in his presence. That's why people not get they trying to get you don't get this without being humble. You don't get this without falling on your knees on your face. You don't get this uh, walking around feeling it because you have a bachelor, master's, Ph.D. doctorate and whatever. You don't get it because of that. You get it because of humility. I thank God because I, because I know so many that, that don't have all of that, but they have the spirit of God because God took them out of the, out of being gang members, out of beating down, out of stealing, out of all kinds of things and changed their lives around. And it changed their lives in such a way that they set an example where other gang members left and followed them into the church. It, 
became such a difference that they became established and became a monument in society in their city where the police and others respect them and ask them for help because of the Holy Ghost. Not a knowledge of God, but because of the indwelling spirit of the Holy Ghost, which was the game changer. It worked with the knowledge that had been acquired. It is his anointing that destroys the yoke. It is God's Holy Spirit that when a person, they, you can't shake it, you can't get rid of it. When God marks you, when he wants to move inside and occupy the space that the devil once occupied or the demons that occupied it, that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him are ye called, or Christ, are ye in Christ, who of God has made us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption? Listen, let me say this again. You cannot, should not, don't rely on your own knowledge. People like cliches, catchphrases, and so on. But here is a written word of assurance. And you'll find that in Genesis 18 and 14. Like the movie Limitless. Now, I, I like this movie. Matter of fact, I have it queued up because I'm going to watch it today. Where this burnt out writer, he just could not get it going on. Things were falling apart. And so someone introduced him, gave him a pill. And that pill enlightened and excited the mindset where he's now using more of his mind and functioning at a higher level than anyone. But God don't take a pill. He's God. He's sovereign. All knowledge is his. All power is his. All authority is his. All healing is his. Everything belongs to God. And he asked the question, is there anything too hard? Is there anything too hard for God? Is there? Is there anything too hard for God? Now, I love it because because people say, well, no, it's not. But he didn't. He's not helping. No. Do it. Fall in line with God's word. So that you can truly understand there's nothing too hard for God. Well, I want God to open the door and give me this job. Did you study for the job? Did you sit down with anyone and learn how to take a proper interview? Well, no, God was supposed to do all that for me. No, my people perish because of a lack of knowledge. That's written in the word. You haven't been in the word. You're not thinking about it, even though you've heard it in commercials, TV and school. And you did not think about it. Remember, we read earlier about lining up with his wheel. We have to line up with the will of God, which means that you're going to have to get out your comfort zone in order to obtain some things. So let's talk about that. You say, I want better. And I've been praying about it. I was talking with a young man the other day, and he said that he had an interview, and he said at the end of the interview, they asked him, was there anything else he would like to say? And he, his response was, yeah, when can I start work? And I, I asked him, I said, why did you ask that question? I've heard people in agencies, recruiters say, yeah, just ask them, when can you get the job? But wait a minute, did you even sell yourself? The, per the reason that you're asked that at the end of an interview is because you didn't give enough information. You didn't sell yourself for the job. And they're giving you a, a second chance to sell yourself. You didn't reiterate back to them your understanding of what the job was and what it required or anything, or maybe some statement that they made that you can capitalize up on and talk about. If you sell yourself in the interview at the end, they're going to be shaking your hand saying, thank you. We're going to be in contact with you with a smile on their face. But if they're asking you at the end, is there anything else which, that you would like to say? They're asking you to add something because you did not sell yourself in the process. Now, unless someone comes in and, and does worse than you, then, but understand, understand, 
Understand. God works with us because we work. The Bible says study to show yourself approved. The Bible tells us the diligence shall bear rule. You mean clean your credit up. Clean your name up. A good name is better than many riches. Now, unless you got deep pockets, you need your credit and you need to clean it up instead of instead of you running around praying about it. Because there are thousands of people that are not praying and they have what you want. Hello, somebody. I, I know that's a conversation. We're talking about the Holy Ghost this morning, feeling warm and fuzzy. But I just wanted to use it as an example that it's nothing too hard for God, but you got to give God something to work with, too. Everything is not going to be a miracle on your behalf. I want it to be a miracle. You know how many miracles God has made for us and we messed it up? We're not going to talk about that today. But you've had some miracles. You've had some situations that have come up and God have worked it out. And I'm not talking about something that that dire straight while I was in this. No, I'm talking about some things that you don't even recognize as miracles. But we're not going to talk about it today. But listen, if I call some witnesses right now, Moses. God is not a man. This is what Moses said. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Hmm. Have he not said? And shall he not do it? Or have he spoken and shall it not be made good? God's going to handle what he said. Will you handle what needs to be done? Paul, a servant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the knowledge of the truth, which is after godliness and hope of eternal life, which God uh, that cannot lie. And here's something God cannot do. We talk about being limitless. God cannot lie. Promised before the world began that he, in due time, manifested his word through preaching, which he committed unto me according to the commandment. This is what Paul is telling Titus, his son in the gospel. I want you to know, man, that, that God don't lie. I want you to know, everyone under the sound of my voice this morning, God does not lie. Others may lie. Others may lie. But God doesn't. God doesn't lie. God sets an order. He said he has set a president that must be carried out from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. If you have not received the Holy Ghost, as Paul has said, as John has reiterated, then you need to start praying. Lord, what is this man talking about? Pastor, Pastor Carl? Pastor Henderson is talking about the Holy Ghost and I haven't received it. Lord, show me. Let the, the whatever church you're attending, Lord, help me to understand this Holy Ghost that this man is talking about, that others have said don't you don't need it. Others have said that that you don't have to be baptized. Others have said you don't have to go to go even to physically to the building. That the church is wherever you are. None of that is in the Bible. None of that. If it is, please show me. And I will I, I'm, I will admit that I was wrong. But if I admit that I'm right, if you find that I'm correct, then you should repent of your ways. You should be asking God to fill you with the Holy Ghost. You should, if you have not been baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sin, then you need to be baptized for the remission of sin. The scripture is playing about what it's for, remission of sin. But they made a mistake. I, I heard a friend of mine, an elder in one of the Mormon churches, he said, he said, look, uh, Peter was wrong. He made a mistake. When we find the scriptures where there was mistakes made, and the Bible doesn't cover this stuff up, they are corrected. They were put in check. They were told, no, you need to get this right. You need to stop thinking that way because the way you're thinking is not right. It's not right. And so they understood it. 
They understood what the word of God was saying. The Bible tells us that while he was with them, he opened their understanding. He opened their understanding. That, that's Luke 24, 45. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. Let that resonate for a moment. Then he opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. So they had an understanding. Thus it behooves and thus it behooves Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among the nations. Beginning at Jerusalem and ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my father, the Holy Ghost, his father, the Holy Ghost. You go in the scripture, see who Jesus' father was upon you. But tear ye at the city of Jerusalem until ye are endured with power on high. And remember that the Bible said that the Holy Ghost moved upon Mary. So I'm not telling you anything. Yeah, the Holy Ghost moved upon Mary. And he said, I come in my father's name. Jesus was not confused. He was not having a mental health issue. He knew exactly who he was. At any time, he could open up the scriptures and see his destination. Listen, I'm going to stop right there. But no, it's not a warm and fuzzy feeling that you feel good and you get all teary eyed and you laugh and giggle for a moment because listen, no, 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 no. You need to put Christ on. And you put him on through water baptism. Go to the book of Ephesians. And he puts you on through the indwelling of the Holy Ghost. You need to put him on. And if you have not put him on or if he has not put you on, then you need to make a change. You need to make a change. You know, we used to sing a song. Can you hear the spirit say, make a change? If I was you, I would make a change. A change in my life, I would make a change. Can you hear the spirit say, make a change? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Can you hear him say, make a change? It's time to make a change. It's time for all of the nonsense that is going on, that's being orchestrated, that's being promoted in the, in the name of, of, of gospel, in the name of uh, uh, just have faith in God, in the name of you can, you can live what you want to live as long as you believe in God and you are all right with him. Everybody know that's a lie. That's a lie. It's a lie. Let me say it for those that didn't hear. They are lying. Don't believe a lie and be damned. Believe the gospel. Believe the word of God. I know this is a very sobering word, but sobriety checks come. We need a sobriety check. And this is it. Do you have the Holy Ghost? If you do not have the Holy Ghost, you need to start tearing, asking God to forgive you, to, to fill you with the Holy Ghost. You need to make sure that, that you are in the place where God wants you to be at through repentance. That's how we, we transition. That's the biggest world change, game changer that there is, mighty God. God bless you. Thank each of you that have joined into the service this morning. Continue to pray for me as I am praying for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Was that the first miracle of man to see? No. No, when we get into the word of God, and, and, and th this is a question that was being asked. When we get into the word of God, there has been the, the great, the, the miracle, the miracle, the first miracle that man would have observed. That is a good question. Let me think about that one. Let me go back in the scripture and find you a scriptorial answer uh, that's not based upon my immediate response. And I'll and we'll make sure to mention that on Bible class on on. Wednesday, the Lord say the same, and again on Sunday morning, since that question is a great question. Thank you. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we thank you for your goodness and grace. Thank you for an opportunity 
to speak your word, to exhort your word, and to speak about the indwelling of your spirit. Lord God, I ask that you would, Holy Ghost, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord God, we thank you, Lord God, for the power of your word. I ask that you would bless each one under the sound of my voice as they go their ways. Lord God, keep them in perfect peace as their mind is stayed upon you. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of the Holy Ghost rest, rule, and abide henceforth now and forevermore. God bless you. Be safe in Jesus' name.